Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. You have a song? Hmm. Let me think of one. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait. I got one. I got one. Yeah? And wait, 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 wait. Don't actually sing, Josh, because we have some very talented people that can do that instead for us this episode. Oh, that's true. Because I'm leaving on a jet plane. A knight of the table round should be invincible. Lucky for you, that's what I like. That's what I like. Oh, man, that was pretty good. Voices like angels. <laughs> Buttery smooth. We found our replacements, which makes me very happy. If any of y'all want to come on and do the singing in place of us, <laughs> I'm fine with it. What you just saw were some highlights from all of the Game Nights auditions that we received. Now, if you just saw your face, that doesn't mean you have uh, won or not won. We're just going to be highlighting a lot of the auditions throughout the episode. And, of course, those of you decide to sing, we ought to make sure that we got you in there as well. But Yeah, we got tons of submissions. A lot. A lot of really awesome stuff. So many creators of people out there so we're definitely going to highlight some of that stuff um but we have to say this is episode 200 wow a big one for us 100 yeah hello jimmy and josh welcome to commander peace theater no congratulations on episode 200 of the command zone well hi there jimmy and josh and congratulations on 20 count it to zero episodes boy oh boy when i first heard the news that you had reached the big 20 i said to myself they haven't made that many episodes i'm sure of it but lo and behold i've been told that what hmm Hi, Josh and Jimmy. My name is Jeremy Knoll, and this is my audition for Game Nights. Why are you laughing? Is that not... Is that what we're doing here? Oh, no. Congratulations on 200 episodes of the Command Zone podcast. Hey, Jimmy. How's it, Josh? Congratulations on 200 episodes of the Command Zone. Happy 200th episode. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Congratulations on your 200th episode. Congrats. Congratulations. Congrats. Congratulations. Way to go. You did it. It's incredible. I'm so proud of you. Yes! I can heartily 
believe it. What a great accomplishment. I know what it takes to get to that point. It's a lot of work and a lot of dedication. It's an amazing achievement and you guys do a great job. Hey, Jimmy and Josh, it's Brandon and Ryan from Commander Cookout Podcast. Wanted to say congratulations on your 200th episode. You guys are pillars of the community and we MacGyvered Ryan's cell phone to this broken selfie stick with some duct tape just so that we could tell you how much we appreciate you showing us and the community at large how easy it can be to just take a bunch of garbage, mash it all up into a deck, and remain competitive. Garbage like this! Wait, you can't actually play that. Why not? What's wrong with it? Uh, that card's actually banned. Oh. I'll have that then. Anyway, you guys are pillars of the community, good on you, and we'll see you in Vegas. Woo! As you can see, we have enlisted the help of a lot of community members and our friends to uh, be a part of this episode because this is a very special episode. Episode 200 is a celebration of Commander. We ask community members' friends to send us tapes of what they love about Commander, some of their favorite stories, and you're going to be seeing those throughout the entire episode. Plus, at the very end, we are going to announce who we've chosen as a guest on Game Nights. One of the patrons, one of the fans is going to be able to come on the show, get knighted, play next to Jimmy and I. Very exciting. Very, It was a big process. We got, again, over 400 submissions, so I'm excited to finally announce who the winner will be. But first, we have to make a shout-out to our sponsors. If you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, use that affiliate link when you order your magic product, your singles, anything surrounding the game like playmats, deck boxes, sleeves, all of that, you'll really be supporting the Command Zone podcast and Game Nights and making sure that our co- our content continues to flow. That's right. Ultra Pro is our other sponsor of the show. So the next time you're at cardkingdom.com slash command zone, you want to pick up some playmats. Ultra Pro playmats are there. They're sleeves, deck boxes. They provide tons of auxiliary products for Magic as well as the stuff you can find in your local game store. So again, just purchasing that product, supporting Ultra Pro supports us as well. Uh, I want to mention specifically the Relic Tokens, the new thing from Ultra Pro. Go to your LGS. If they don't have them, ask them to ask Ultra Pro about them and maybe they can get them in stock and you can get a hold of those because they are awesome. The last way to support the show is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You can contribute straight to us and help this content to keep happening. In fact, we announce... Uh, one announce. Yeah. We call out one. I got. I got We're confused. doing a lot of announcements yeah. this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got confused with the announcing of the guest. We call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this is a patron I know submitted uh, an audition for Game Nights. That's right. And this episode is dedicated to Drew Bradshaw. Drew, you rock. You rock, buddy. Okay. All right, Jimmy. Here we go to the to the meat and potatoes of what is our two hundredth episode. Can you believe it? No. I honestly can't. I remember recording this for the first time in my apartment three years ago now. More than three years. So, Oh, my goodness. Our first ever episode was released on July 10th, 2014. Oh, which is three years and eight months, three years and eight months ago. Wow, We almost hit four years. That's yeah. insane. It's pretty crazy. So for those that don't know the story, Jimmy and I originally recorded six episodes of the podcast, cut them all together before we released the first one, we made some changes, obviously, along yep. the way so that we'd make sure that we could ha- achieve the highest quality out the gate. If you look at that early episode, which I'm sure is showing right now if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that the quality back then was not even close to what it is now. Yeah, it's uh, similar to when we did our first quote-unquote Game Nights episode and to where it's come now. Uh, also, we decided to do a set review like right out the gate. We did a uh, conspiracy. Episode. Yeah. That was like episode three and four, I think, were conspiracy episodes. Yeah. Those were like two hour podcasts each, too. We had to split into two. It was insane. I don't know what we were doing, but so we, we made it. That was 199 <laughs> episodes ago. 
Um, since then, there's been over 182 hours of our voices in your head. Wow. I feel like it should be more. Uh, yeah, some episodes are slightly shorter, That's some right. are longer. I guesstimated, honestly. I didn't like... It's, <laughs> I about, could... it's 190 episodes, 99 episodes of our voices in your head. Yes, uh, and my throat hurts. Yeah, it, yeah, from all that talking. So that's why talking. we decided this time we're going to enlist the help of our friends in the community to talk about the commander format, our favorite format. And you know, we really asked them to choose. It didn't even make it off the table. I know. <laughs> Better. <laughs> we really asked them to choose their favorite moments or story about commander it could have been a moment from a game a cool interaction it didn't even have to be about playing too it yeah. could be just you know a friend they met or anything surrounding the format of commander and uh you know sort of demonstrating why it's the best format yeah so we have i think 30 plus submissions from people around the community thank you thank you again so much for those that took the time to record a story and tell it to us uh this is going to be a really fun episode i think for anyone that recognizes even a small percentage of these creators because these are some great tales yeah and speaking of tales we're going to start with some of the tall tales what we've called tall tales the stories from specific games of commander from around the magic sphere, the community. So our first clip is going to be from one of our very early guests, mm-hmm. somebody who was in our first few months, the magic historian, um, Brian David Marshall. BDM. I want to talk about one of my favorite commander memories, which is actually very closely associated with you guys. Uh, it was at Grand Prix Las Vegas. You guys threw this party for commander fans, fans of the command zone, magic fans everybody uh, and it was just this tremendous night it was so much fun and i had one of the best games of commander i ever played i was playing my uh city c deck which i talked about on the command zone and uh four player game i'm player a player c is playing a phoenix deck and player d has been tormenting me about his bajuka bog that's somewhere in his deck the whole game, right? I'm, I'm playing CDC. I'm just kind of digging through my yard, digging through my yard, trying to get set up. I've got a runic repetition in my hand that I've been holding on to forever. And uh, player B goes and finally casts his Phoenix, taps all his creatures, mills all my cards into my yard, untaps all his creatures, does it again, you know, basically gets me down to zero cards in library. Now passes the turn. I'm going to die if I draw, try, attempt to draw on an empty library, but I'm, I'm not worried, but I'm not letting on anything yet. Now it's player C's turn, draws for his turn, shows me the bajuka bog that he's been talking about the whole game. He literally just draws it that turn. And he shows me the bajuka bog and he plays it. And if he plays it and targets me, I'm just dead. I can't do anything. But he, he figures I'm dead. So he actually removes the graveyard of player B, the, the player next after me in this turn sequence, who also had some graveyard stuff going on. I don't really remember what it was, but Bajuka bogs him. And then everyone just kind of, he passes a turn and everyone's just waiting for me to die on my draw step. But I've got Memory's Journey sitting in my yard. Uh, so I, you know, flash it back, shuffle some cards back into my library, including Hedron Crab and Splendid Reclamation. And I play Hedron Crab. I play Splendid Reclamation. I have 28 lands in my graveyard because, like, literally every land that's not in play is in my graveyard. And so I just target the Phoenix player with everything. He's going to lose. I then 
am able to flashback or spider spawning and just kind of stabilize my board. And then two turns later, I'm just kind of like managing my draw step with runic repetition and uh, memory's journey, just going back and forth, build up an army of spiders, eventually shuffle a crater hoof behemoth back in, and I won. And it was just kind of like one of the most perfect games I got a chance to play with my uh, my spider spawning deck. I uh, got to do everything I could possibly want, uh, including somehow surviving a bajuka bog. <laughs> I loved it. I had a great time. People come up to me all the time and talk to me about my CDC deck just from hearing about it on your podcast. Can't wait to see what the next 200 episodes are like. Good luck and congratulations. Hi, everyone. My name is Jesper Ising. I am a Danish magic card artist. I paint... Um magic acrylic paintings so m many of the more memorable plays is not because uh, i have gone off through crazy combos or played cycles and cycles of cards and and won that way i think all of us has tried that and it's a great display of power but the the most fun interaction is always the strangest one and i had one when i was playing a friend of mine uh, peter he was playing uh, Bassandra, the Battle Seraph Angel deck that would force people to attack and he would make it hurtful to attack him. I was playing Cedru. So the game state we had was that Peter had better creatures and uh, if he could force me to attack, he could block better and kill my creatures and I would be open for lethal damage the turn after. So it was essential for me that I made it impossible for me to attack him and that was pretty difficult with his commander but i had ley line of anticipation in play uh, and i also had wild research in play a really strange enchantment that lets me search up other enchantment and discarding a card at random i had five cards in my hand so i hope that i didn't discard the one that i found which was propaganda so i flashed propaganda in used donate to give Peter my propaganda. So this way he couldn't force me to attack because he his card does not say that I have to pay an extra attacking cost. So I could just say, I'm not gonna pay so I can't attack. That way I could stall the game for a couple of more rounds. When Peter killed propaganda, I had already set this baby up so I flashed that one in and gave that to him and we were back at completely stalled. I later won through a lot of different card interactions but that play was the weirdest different interactions of cards that I have ever tried that uh, that you use cards that are in my deck for my own protection to hinder myself uh, of attacking and killing my opponent. That was really strange. Hi, I'm DJ and I'm behind the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel. And today I have a story for you about a single card, Endless Horizons. Three in a white for an enchantment. And when Endless Horizons enters the battlefield, you may search your library for any number of planes cards and exile them. Then at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to take one of those planes cards exiled with Endless Horizons and put it into your hand. This is repeatable card draw in white. This is something the color really struggles with and you could have your own Phyrexian Arena. Lands are cards too, okay guys? But there's sort of a mini game that comes with playing Endless Horizons. You have to ask yourself, how many planes are you willing to exile from your library? Say 10 planes. 
well, 10 planes is pretty good. Game will last 10 turns, you draw 10 cards, that sounds okay to me. But if you exile all of the planes from your library, then the card quality of your draws will be exceptional. You will never draw a basic again. So yeah, you'll draw a land off of Endless Horizons, but then you're gonna have action off the top of your deck every single time. Ooh, that's pretty compelling. But what happens if your Endless Horizons gets blown up? Then all of those planes just stay in exile. For this story, I was not running Endless Horizons. My Avacyn opponent was, and when she cast it, she pulled every single planes out of her library and was pretty satisfied for the next turn. Then I decided to cast Oblivion Sower, six mana for a 5-8 Eldrazi, and when you cast Oblivion Sower, you exile the top four cards of target player's library, and then you can take any number of exiled lands that player owns and put it onto the battlefield under your control. That's right. I exiled the top four cards of her library and then stole every planes she had under Endless Horizons and spread them out on my battlefield. And then I proceeded to use all of that mana to destroy the other opponents. I let her live till the very end because if I knocked her out, I'd lose all of her planes. I felt like I'd unlocked an achievement, taking all of that mana and casting Eldrazi after Eldrazi and destroying everyone with someone else's mana. It sent a thrill through me. And so when I had the opportunity to do it again, just a couple weeks later, well, I was pretty excited. Same Avacyn opponent cast Endless Horizons and picked up her deck. And I wondered, is she gonna fall for the same trap? She picked one, two, three cards. She again takes like 20-something cards and slams them down underneath her Endless Horizons. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, yes, I get to do it again. Just in a few short turns, my Oblivion Sower will steal all her lands. And then, after a single round of the table, instead of reaching underneath her Endless Horizons for a Plains, she reaches over toward her library, and I say... Where's your exile zone? She stops me and says, I'm sorry, my board state must have gotten a little bit cluttered when I searched a little bit stacked up here. Let me spread this out for you. And so she moves the Endless Horizons and underneath it is not 25 planes, but 25 cheaty faces. Blue blue for a flying 2-2, but no one pays blue blue for it because if you can sneak cheaty face onto the battlefield without your opponents noticing, you don't have to pay its mana cost. So before I even knew what was going on, suddenly there were 23 cheaty faces turning sideways straight at me, and I found myself out of the game. Commander is all about crazy, compelling interactions between cards and between friends. Thanks, friends. This is Jumbo Commander wishing Jimmy and Josh a happy 200th. I love cheaty face. I have one That's in a my... lot of cheaty faces, though. Yeah, I only have one. <laughs> How do you even put that many in your deck so you could cheat them out? I mean... Whoever that was, that is an ambitious move. I Mad props. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much happens in a game that you're not really paying attention sometimes. Like. Yeah, but 20, 20 plus of them? Like. Yeah, that's true. That's a stack. That's like this much. That's yeah. like a, a booster pack and a, and a third <laughs> right that, there. Uh, honestly, that story is going to be tough to beat. I mean, we're going to give some other people a chance here, but I don't know if that amount of cheaty faces, that's a, that's a good one. That does seem like something that our next guest would say, would or do. do. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, it's a stipulation of sorts. Yeah. Um, this is Graham from Loading Ready Run. This is many years ago. I'm playing 
a mono-red commander deck that is deeply not good. Uh, my commander was Jaya Ballard. I called it the Janky Ballard deck. One of my opponents had a card called Trade Secrets, which is banned now in Commander. It wasn't banned at the time. Basically, it's uh, one blue-blue. You pick an opponent, they can draw two cards, and then you draw up to four cards. And the opponent gets to do that as many times as they want. So I was the opponent. So I go, I, I just get to draw two cards, and then you pick up to four but then I decide if I do it again? And she said, yes. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it again. I can just keep doing this forever? And she says, yes. So I just go, okay. So I just draw, like, 50 cards. I'm just like, all right, I'll just take, like, half my deck. And, you know, she stopped drawing because it's a May for her, so it's not like she's going to mill herself out. And so I'm just sitting there with, like, this hand of cards, like the size of a standard library, and I'm just sitting there, and it goes all the way around the table, and it comes back to me, and I am go, Conflagrate, which is an X burn spell, the flashback for which the X is discarding cards. So I cast Conflagrate, do a bunch of damage to one player, then I flashback Conflagrate, discarding all these cards I've drawn, and I kill every other player on that one turn, thanks to Trade Secrets. I'm Dennis from Channel Fireball, and my favorite memory playing Commander was the biggest whiff I've ever made in my entire life. So I had this sweet Mizzix deck, or at least I thought it was sweet. And what the main purpose of the deck was, was to get a couple of counters on Mizzix and start taking a bunch of extra turns. And then you would copy extra turn cards like Time Warp and Time Stretch with Reverberate or Reiterate or things like that. And eventually just build up enough steam, build up enough turns that you could find a way to win somewhere in the deck. And the best, or cruelest, depending on how you look at a part of the deck, was that everyone else had to sit there and watch. But what made it all worth it was a couple of times, and one time in particular, I'd go through the whole rigmarole, jump through all the steps, do all the setup, do everything correctly, and then whiff. I'd run out of turns, or I'd run out of mana, or something key would get countered from somewhere, and it would all just fall apart. And building that beautiful house of cards that can either do everything or do absolutely nothing is what's really special to me about Commander. For my Commander story, there was a time where me and Jimmy Wong both had consecrated Sphinxes out, and so we were drawing cards like crazy, and then at one point, Jimmy drops a Dream Halls into play, which basically allows us to play any card in our hand for free as long as you pitch a card. And so we got into basically an insane uh, war between our libraries where we basically cast every card in our deck at each other to try to uh, get the victory. And I don't even remember who won, but it was actually so funny because we just had a pile of cards in front of us. Our entire library is basically flipped over or in our hands. And uh, that was definitely one of the most memorable commander experiences I've ever had. I don't know who won that game either, Josh. I just know that it was ridiculous because we both were just unloading our hands left and right, and we were just stacking more and more and more counter spells and different things against each other. And I think, I think it ended. I tried to even play like time stop and end the turn at one point, but it just kept going. It was insane. Yeah, he still responded to that. I mean, I was in that game, and I remember I had like a swan song. <laughs> And I was like trying to figure out if there was a way I could time my one counter spell to make any yeah. difference. And I, at one point, I did it, and then somehow one of you like managed to like fork one of your own spells to get on yeah. back on top of the stack, <laughs> and it all and it didn't matter. Yeah, we were just like, nice try, Josh. We have business to yeah. do over here. And I was like, well, there's my one card I have that might do anything. You yeah. know, that's the great thing about Commander is that because I don't remember who won that game either. Yeah, 
And so I think we're the one format where like th- stuff happens and the thing that happened is actually the important thing and the winner or loser of the game is not. Yeah. Which is what I love really about Commander. I, I Now that I'm thinking more about it, I think I lost because I started digging, digging, digging for one last counterspell. But even then, I think Josh had like some other way to answer me. So, All right. And I'm not mattering. But Dream Halls, <laughs> great card. Dream Halls is crazy. Um, oh, this next clip is kind of funny. Yeah, so this is almost related. Um, it's going to be from Cameron from the Laboratory Maniacs. Now, they play, their content is more about competitive EDH. Mm-hmm. And Cameron kind of makes a mistake that I think a lot of us have made. One of the most vivid memories I have of a commander game over the last year is playing a game with a Karanos Stacks deck. I had a hard lock in place for five turns. And I had a winning combo in hand. I just didn't know it. It was one of the first games I'd played with the deck. And it was right as Dramatic Reversal and Isochron Scepter came about. And I did not see the interaction between Sensei's Divining Top and Dramatic Scepter letting you draw your entire deck. I saw it after the fact, after my opponents had squeaked through that lock and put off a combo on their own. And it was one of the worst feelings I'd had in a long time in a game of magic. I had a win. I didn't even see it. And that really changed how I play magic now. I'm much more hesitant to resequence things. A mistake really doesn't stick with you if you're able just to undo it right away. To quote Tolkien, the burned hand teaches best. This is Jeremy Knoll. Honestly, I think my favorite moments from Commander, and this has happened multiple times, just being able to do exactly what your deck wants to do. The the two main decks that I have built, and I'm probably known for at this time, are my Tassiger Villainous Wealth deck and my Maelstrom Wanderer deck. Uh, that's not an infinite combo deck. So whenever I can actually get a, uh, a Villainous Wealth for like 20 or 25 and still keep people in the game, like not have everybody concede immediately. Or um, I recently had on Magic Online a, similar to Maelstrom Wanderer, Yidris cascading a Deluvian Primordial into a Soul's Ransom, into a Bloodbraid Elf. And for my Maelstrom Wanderer deck, I've definitely had situations where I've gone Maelstrom Wanderer into Ethereum Horn Sorcerer, into Bloodbraid Elf, into Shardless Agent, into something. Usually... Felden's Cane or Ancestral Vision, which is way better than Felden's Cane. Uh, But that's what I enjoy the most out of it. And it doesn't even necessarily have to come from my side of the table. Like, if someone just goes off and says, all right, I want to cast Dragonstorm, and they they get to that point, I'm going to be like, you know what? Go ahead. I might die, but this is something I really want to see happen. Um, I just like those, those moments of pure joy on people's faces when the deck that they des- the they designed or the card that they designed around finally gets to resolve and do all the cool things that they've always wanted to do. Hey, this is Alex Kessler, co-host of the Masters of Modern Podcast. My favorite Commander moment was actually very early on in Commander. It was when it was back in the EDH days before the Commander products came out. One of my first deck was a Sapperling Thalids deck that was really, really bad. And we were playing literally a 12-person match in someone's garage. And 
there are people with legacy cards doing crazy things and everyone was like killing each other and ignoring me because I was a bad Thalads deck and then I won the whole thing because everyone ignored me. It was my first really big win. It was a 12 person game which was also insane. And that's probably my favorite moment. That was like the moment I was like, yes, Commander is for me. This is Ben Bate from the Masters of Modern Podcast. Uh, my favorite Commander memory is that at GP Vegas over the summer, this last summer, we got to play uh, an insane four-person game where I, I took a repurposed Highlander Roulette deck and I made it into a Brea deck. And I ended up going 1v1 with Josh Lee Kwai in the final minutes of like this hour and a half long game where I beat you, I think, with like a Galvanic Blast. Like the, seriously, just like not Commander level card. Uh, but it was so much fun. And it, it totally gave me faith that this is a format that I'm going to play. And I've been working on a SIG deck ever since because I like really want to win with a bad commander that uh, I love. So, all right. See you guys. Ba-boom. Yeah, I died to a Galvanic Blast. Am I, I could be the only commander player ever to have died to Galvanic. Because no one plays that card. In a three-plus-hour game, too, that no less. Game. That was a crazy game. Ben... For, that like, was Ben's first game of Commander ever. It's one of the greatest games, I think, that I've ever been a part of. Because literally, we all fired all our bullets to the point where Galvanic Blast actually mattered. Yeah. yeah I like crazy. that when you're like, I have to play Chromat. When, every time that yeah. deck has to play Chromat, you're just like, not. I mean, I was position. literally to the point where my win condition was swing with Chromat. <laughs> That's all I had left in the deck. Yeah, you were Because everything else had been milled and like, yeah, that was like, but I still had a chance. I was like, if I can just swing three times with Chromat, I can win. Yeah. You know? But it turns out the guy that played Porcelain Legionnaire and Galvanic Blast won that game. That was awesome. Which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, our next clip is from Nissa Cosplay on Twitter, uh, one of the top cosplayers right now in the magic scene. Uh, have you ever played against someone in costume, Josh? In costume? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. On game nights. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Full costume. Man, we had good costumes. <laughs> The best time I thought playing Commander was at a local convention. Uh, there was a little Commander tournament, and I was playing my Gazella Blade of Gold Knight deck. And I wasn't cosplay at that time, like right now. And so every time I would attack, I would just go like, war, raise my sword and swing it across the table. I did not win any of these games, but it was a lot of fun. This is Shivam from the Commander's Podcast. My favorite Commander moment was at GP San Jose a few years ago when I was playing my Grim Grin Zombies deck against a couple of friends of mine. They had had things like Cyclonic Rifts and other ways to swipe the board, but I had managed to get Liliana's ultimate onto the table. And with her ultimate, I was able to get an infinite horde of zombies because I was pulling Gravecrawlers out of the graveyard every turn. And they would keep doing things like wiping my board or bouncing my things. But because an emblem is an emblem, as long as you have one zombie, you can always find a way to make a million more. Slowly and inexorably, I managed to get, I think it was something like 1,024 zombies on the table at one point, And just crushed the entire table, one by one, slowly, inexorably, inevitably. Zombies are amazing, tokens are amazing, and there's something about just having your deck slow and steady win thematically and in an impressive fashion. It's just so much fun. Hey Jimmy and Josh, Sam here from Kitchen Table Magic. I wanted to tell you about the first time I built a commander deck. Me, being a blue mage, I wanted to make an Urtai the Corrupted deck. Now I wanted to counter all the things, play all the spells, win all the games, you know how it goes. I didn't really have a resource like the command zone, so I didn't really know how to build my deck, I didn't really know how to curve out what to put in it, what not to put in it. So I ended up just jamming all these seven and eight mana spells I didn't have enough lands. I mean, you know how it goes. It was pretty bad because the first time I played with my friends, 
I just kind of sat there for the first 15 turns kind of not doing anything. And it was just like so derpy, right? So they just kind of left me alone. They all felt kind of sorry for me until the top deck gods would smile upon me. And I drew this amazing little enchantment called Ristic Study. Now this thing is a commander powerhouse. When left unchecked, people get to draw a ton of cards because they just don't really want to pay that one colorless to make you not draw the card. And it was awesome because they left me alone. I got to draw like four or five cards every go around. And eventually I was able to stabilize. I drew all my land, I drew all my threats. And needless to say, I won that game. Commander is such a funny format, you know? There's like little cards like Ristic Study that can like do so much and people kind of leave you alone. There's a little bit of politics involved as well and maybe a little bit of pity because they felt so bad for me. Take care and I'll see you on the interwebs. Hey Jimmy, hey Josh. You want me to share some fun EDH moments? Well, here's this. I moved to Austin, Texas uh, two and a half years ago, stumbled into the local game store Pat's Games one night for EDH and I beat a soon-to-be friend called Jason on the stack with Nin the Pain Artist and a Psychosis Crawler by activating Nin the Pain Artist twice to kill him on the stack. That was fun. Jason thought it was a good way to die, and he invited me to the playgroup. So, um, you know, for two years, solid, Jason, Ian, Brian, and I were meeting every Saturday or Sunday nights to play EDH games, have dinner, drink some Moscow mules, you know, live the good life. So on my phone, I like to keep track of... EDH moments, like very, very silly, fun things that have happened. So I'm going to read a couple of those to you right now. All right, so the first one comes from very recently. I have a creature, I have Yidris with a, uh, with a sword of the Animist on him, so I really want that attack trigger. And I'm looking around the table, look at Ian, and he says, I won't block, I give you my word, come get your trigger. So I attack him with Yidris, and of course, swords to plowshares. All right, awesome. All right, here's another one. Mum attacks Ian with a gigantic dragon, and Ian casts Deflecting Palm in response. That's good. This was one of the best ones. All right, so Mum is playing Atraxa. He's got a Proliferate deck, and uh, and Ian is playing Taking Turns, you know, sort of Narset style. So what Mum does, he proliferates Ian's Ral Zarek so that Ral Zarek can ultimate and beat Jason in turns takes four extra turns to beat him off of Ral's Eric's ultimate. Very good. Another fun aspect of our playgroup is that nobody can pronounce card names right. Shout out to Saffron Olive. So Jason at the end step says, okay, draw a card. And Ian says, oh, because of Kios and Tina. <laughs> oh, this one is good. This was a play mistake by me. So I think I'm clever. I flash in an Elder Deep Fiend and I tap down a Merc Fiend Liege. I go to my untap step and Mum cleverly just points directly at Merc Fiend Liege and Jason untaps all the things that I just tapped down. Yeah, this happens sometimes. Sometimes out of principle, you just got to let the green player attack with things. So uh, Jason plays a colony garden tapped and we go through an entire turn cycle and then he equips the plant token with Sword of the Animus for that trigger, which I thought was very much on theme. So I let the one damage through. You know, you gotta, you gotta act out of principle sometimes in EDH. I'll end with this one. This is a great quote by Lord Ian, I call him, okay? Ian's laughing, we're all finishing a up a game and he says, you can tell it was a great game <laughs> because nobody's happy. Keep on cruising. I'll see you guys later. Peace. Wow. Sam's got a lot of stories. He had, takes a lot of notes. I'm very impressed. You know, I mean, we're the ones with like a commander-centric podcast. We should really be... We should take notes like that. I... I, I always wish I did. Well, I mean, we're always asking each other, like, hey, do you have a thing for this? Do you have yeah. a story for this? Or like, hey, make sure you have a story for this episode, too. And we're always like, I don't really remember any. <laughs> yeah. From now on, I'm just going to be like, beep, beep, beep. Hello, Sam. Do you oh, have a Sam. story for this? That's true. <laughs> but you know, Commander isn't just about the cards. Right. It's about the people that we meet along the way. 
Isn't that right? Corbin Hostler from Brainstorm Brewery. What? What was that? That was a lead into the next clip. Oh, right. Yeah, Corbin, please. Isn't that right? You know Tell what us- else? It would be a cool clip. I tried to think of a moment that was just my favorite that really stood out. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, to me, Commander is all of these things. It's all these big, exciting moments. It's all this politicking. It's all this grand stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a way to just hang out with great friends like you guys and have a good time and enjoy this hobby that we all share. And when I look back on all the Commander I've played on all these years it's not any one particular moment that stands out to me it's just all these memories of all these late nights at the store all these late nights at grand prix with you guys all these fun moments that just add up and really make magic more than just a game make commander more than just a format and you know you guys really represent the best of the commander community with the podcast you bring us all together and it's been really great to watch you guys grow and i want to wish you luck on the next 200 episodes so thank you guys so for me it's less about the individual card than it is about the actual players themselves. When I started writing, so much of uh, what, what I was writing was because of the community itself, whether it was a case of uh, them providing me with article ideas or card ideas for some of the decks that I was coming up with. The community has always been 100% supportive. I finally got the chance to actually meet a few of these people in person a few years ago when Adam Staborski and I went to uh, Grand Prix Worcester. And I got a chance to actually meet a lot of the people that I had been talking with. That was such a treat to get a chance to actually use some of the decks that I had built with their help against them and actually get to see some of their decks in action. Uh, way back, you know, almost 10 years ago at my local game store uh, when I lived outside Washington, D.C., uh, I remember being introduced to, to Commander by a guy who played a Croesus the Purger deck. And, you know, we started we started playing a bunch of Commander decks. You know, I had Crush the Bloodbraided, I had Reese the Redeemed, which I still have, and I had a monocolored green deck, Kamal Fist of Crosa. Overruns, he's pretty good. And I remember uh, having a foil Croesus uh, from an invasion throwback draft, you know, event. And uh, I gave it to the guy who played Croesus. And it was, you know, he was so excited to get a cool version of his commander that in the very next game, we sat down and I break out my Kamal deck and we all start playing. And uh, he hits me with the Croesus, makes me discard my hand, and I learned a very valuable lesson in helping people <laughs> learn what makes the format so cool. You know, that story from Stibbs reminds me of this time when uh, we were playing at an LGS, uh-huh. and you know it was a longer game, it was later turns, and I was like, I'm gonna go get a soda from the right. soda machine. And as I got up to go, our friend Andy, he's like, Hey, can you give me a diet coke? And I was like, Yeah, sure. So I go, and I come back and I give him his diet coke, and he, it was his turn, and he's like, Oh, thank you. Uh, by the way, I'm attacking you with <laughs> with Ulamog. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Hey, give me that coke back. <laughs> What up, Josh and Jimmy? It's your boy Cash. Favorite memories-wise, um, would probably my number one rem- memory would have to be drawing a uh, common storm, coming in for the W, my first W on the show. You know, hopefully not the last. Um, too many fun memories though. Probably turn three Ugin was dope. You know, everybody loved that. But um, there's a ton of fun memories that we've had on, you know, on. On camera, off camera, as far as, you know, magic and stuff, you guys are awesome. I love what you do for the community. I think it's amazing, you know, how much dope content you guys have put out. And, uh, you know, I know everybody's a huge fan of this show. I'm a huge fan of this show. I want you guys to do another 200 episodes, another 2,000 episodes. 
I think this is going to be a, a big time thing for you guys. And, you know, I'm just happy to be a part. So thanks for including me. And uh, again, congratulations on your guys' 200th episode. I'm Dana. I'm Max. And I'm Chris. We are Commander Central. We are a podcast about Commander out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You are a standard player. Yes, standard and draft. So you get you walk in the store and see four guys in the corner at a table playing some multiplayer game. With a hundred cards. With these decks. <laughs> right. Yes. And I remember sitting there looking and going, wow, those cards are not legal. Well, what are they playing? <laughs> well, I, I, you were talking to the store man, the, the store owner, and yep. you were asking him, and because and, we're playing, and I could kind of hear it, and then you came over, you're, you're like just watching what we were playing and asking questions and stuff yep. about it. And I remember thinking, I'm like, he's probably not going to come back, because he's just asking questions. And, who, and like the next week, you were back with a commander deck. Yep, I came with slivers and got hated out of the game real fast. You nice. absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was deserved. <laughs> um, but I mean, that was four years ago, and we've been playing Commander ever since then. Every so, week. And since then, Chris has gotten married, and we've gone to Chris's wedding, and Chris comes and takes care of Matt's, Max's cat when Max is on vacation. Yep. And, you know, Max and I have gone to concerts together. Like, we're legitimately, you guys have become two of the best friends I have just by virtue of meeting and playing Commander. Playing a game. Playing a game. And it's made a huge difference on, like, outside of the game, my life, having you guys as friends. That's a yeah, big deal. Yeah. Same for me. Same here. My commander story is actually about friendship, and it's about a friendship that I made years ago now, and it's partially because of commander. So when I first started making commander decks, I was a little bit confused. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to just kill people, if I was supposed to just have fun. And so what I ended up doing is saying, I'm going to do the most absurd thing I can. And so the commander I picked at the time was Guafa Hazid Profiteer. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna build some stupid deck. I had all these ideas for it. The deck was actually really sweet. During the course of building the deck, I realized I needed bribery counters. And there aren't any. I was just throwing dice or whatever on other people's stuff. But I had tweeted about this. And a friend of mine, Inkwell Looter, you may know him, he actually uh, got back to me and said, I've made you some counters. I've made you bribery counters just for you. And he sent me a PDF. I printed out the bribery counters and they're great. They're little bags of money with like an eyeball on them. And I would, I cut them out and I would be putting them all over everybody's permanence. But it always stood out to me as such a kind gesture. He just did that for fun. He just did that because he wanted to. I didn't pay him. I didn't even ask him. It was just really nice. And out of the kindness of old Inkwell Looters, uh, heart to do that. And we're still friends to this day. If I'm down at a GP, I'll do my best to try to hang out with him. Um, I've hired him for stuff for, for my podcast and everything to do artwork for it. And we still uh, talk every once in a while online as well. So even though it wasn't like a super sweet in-game play, it was a friendship that started in part because of Commander. Once again, congratulations, guys. And uh, we'll see you at episode number 400. That's really cool. The community for limited resources is really prolific and dedicated, right? That's a show oh, yeah. that's been a lot around for like six years now. I feel like almost. I feel I like have he's no got, idea. He's, I feel like they're closing in on five hundred episodes. Yeah. So I mean that that for sure. I mean maybe someday someone will make us some counters. Do know? we have to get to five hundred episodes? I hope not. <laughs> uh, this next story is from a, a friend that I've played Commander with, but only at uh, our GP Vegas event was the last time I played with him. And he had an amazing, awesome deck. He's one of the designers of the game. 
It's Ethan Fleischer. I'm Ethan Fleischer. I'm a senior game designer in Magic R&D. The moment I really, truly fell in love with Commander as a format was at a Grand Prix in Seattle. I already knew this was a great format where you could make huge, splashy plays, but I was spell-slinging, and this guy came up to me with this deck. It was, uh, it was an Edric deck. And turn one, he plays Shinoden Dryads, which is 1-1 one, one for Forest Walk. And I was like, what is going on here? What is this? And then he proceeded to just play two more one drops on turn two and three more one drops on turn three and attack me and draw tons of cards and combo off with Beastmaster Ascension. And, but all of these cards were terrible cards. Terrible, just one one flyers. And I was like, what is this deck? I need to find out about this deck. And so I, I looked it up on the internet and I was so excited because then I truly realized that this was a format where you could win with complete jank, unplayable and limited cards, and you could do anything here. That was pretty amazing. I was actually, when I first moved out to LA, I was gonna sell a bunch of my old cards from 94, 95 to get some extra money to, you know, start living in LA. And so I went to this card shop that was over in Beverly Hills and I bring in a bunch of my old single cards. Because what I remembered was 60 card decks, you had to have four of every card, and I never really had that. So I had a bunch of single cards that were really good, and when I went to bring them in to sell them, this kid behind the desk convinced me that I should pick up this format called Commander, that I had apparently a lot of cards that would fit really well into this format. So reluctantly, I came back the next day, he said, I'll bring you a deck, you'll be fine. Went the next day, played Commander for the first time, and fell in love. The group aspect of it was something that I never really had before. You know, I played mostly against my cousin 1v1, and he didn't really know how to play. I didn't really know how to play back in the day. And it was just a lot of fun from the start. Commander's my favorite format because you can kind of hang out with friends. It's basically just hanging out with friends at the table. Everybody's doing something. Everybody's created a deck that they kind of wanted to play or wanted to test out and it's just a fun way of playing, you know, super chess with a bunch of friends. Long-time listener, first-time caller Tim Willoughby here, and I wanted to tell you my favorite thing about Commander. I've always loved building decks, and Commander, well, it gives you more options than almost anything else, and I want to tell you about one very special deck I had a chance to design for a fellow coverage member who will remain nameless, who actually doesn't like Commander very much, and I was trying to find a way of getting him into it, uh, the commander I chose was Phage the Untouchable because the whole theme of this deck was trying to find ways for him to get into and out of a game of commander just as quickly as possible. Every single card in the deck had some way of losing life or indeed losing the entire game, nothing else. So yes to Mana Crypt, no to Sol Ring. This was all about the theme. And it ended up being a really cool deck. Um, sometimes, yes, you'd sit down and play and go, ha I'm going to cast Necropotence and pay basically all my life. But the really fun games were the games where actually either he was playing the deck or someone else was playing the deck and trying to find clever ways of winning and using this deck that was kind of designed to lose the game. Uh, so it did have things like Mirror Universe in, so you can switch life titles with your opponents. You can make sure that... If they've got maybe less life than you have, you switch it around. But actually, that's a pretty potent combination when you've got the likes of Hatred and so on in the deck. So what I've found to be super fun is kind of flipping the format on its head a little bit and creating something a little bit different. And, oh my goodness, this Phage the Untouchable deck. 
when it gets people, it gets people good. Oh, man. That sounds like the coolest deck. While I'm listening to Tim talk, I was like, I want to build that deck. The yeah. deck that's like trying to lose. Tim definitely has some really spicy brews. Every time I, I talk to him or I see him at an event, he's like, let me tell you about my newest deck. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's hear it. <laughs> that is a really cool idea. I, we might need to get him on the show to talk about that one. Yeah. It is interesting how every time you talk to a commander player and they talk about their decks, and we saw this from the auditions, mm-hmm. um, they get so animated. And by listening to them talk about their decks so often, I'm like, I want to build that deck. That sounds sweet. Yeah, totally. Yeah, people love their decks. Um as evidenced by this clip from Nate Burgess. I'm Nate Burgess of the Commander Time podcast and writer at edhrec.com. Uh, my favorite memories involving EDH involve Yaleva Nefalia's Scourge. And my deck, it's not really a storm deck. It's a deck of eight or nine mana sorcery bombs. And it's pretty fun being able to cast all those for free. But... When I get to about the mid-game, I like it when I draw Mizzix's Mastery into my hand, and then I get to overload it for uh, eight mana there with some red mana. And whatever I've cast so far during the game, I get to do it all again, all at once. So, And I get to pick what order they happen in. And so maybe like a Clone Legion to copy everything, and then a Plague Wind to destroy all their stuff, and then a Rise of the Dark Realms to get it all back from the graveyard and on my side. And if I, the best times is when, I'm not really trying to have a Storm deck, it's more of a Bombs deck, but there is one card with Storm called Mind's Desire. And if that's in my graveyard, when I cast the Mizzix's Mastery overloaded, then I do that one last, and then however many spells and bombs I just destroyed everyone with, I get to do that many cards off the top of my library, and that's a lot of fun. You know, one of my happiest Commander memories is when I first played with my Leovold deck. I had seen Leovold spoiled in Conspiracy and was so excited to build Commander around him. It wasn't just that his mechanics were so unique and interesting, which always gets me very excited, but his flavor and the way it worked with those mechanics was just over the top for me. And so I designed a Leovold deck and I went through all this trouble to foil it out, put it together, engineer it. I was just so in love with this deck. I played it with my playgroup, and it was probably one of the best games of Commander ever. Obviously, everybody had to team up against me, and it was still a big challenge for them. It was the first time I had played the deck, and so piloting it was uh, difficult for me, and I had to really think on the spot. I really worked up a sweat. Everybody was having a difficult time, but in a good way. It was a challenge. We saw our way through. I did win in the end, but just barely. I think it was truly one of the most epic games. And then afterwards, I looked at the deck, I looked at my friends in the playgroup, and I said, well, we can never do this again. They said, wait, what? Why? And I said, you don't want to do this again and again every single time. If I pull out Leovold, then every game is going to be just like this one. It's going to become monotonous. It's going to become grueling. It's going to become misery. I can see it now. That was an incredible experience, but... I don't want our Commander Knights to just be the same thing over and over. And with good Commander decks, it's a different experience each time. But I felt with that Leovold deck, it would just be the same me crushing all of them or all of them having to just barely take me down in the same manner each time I disassembled the deck. 
It was one experience that I had with it, and it was one of the best. Commander can bring that, and I really like that about the game. Yeah, well, I think we've all had that experience where you built that deck, and you're like, well, that deck is too good. Yep. Yeah. Or it just gets banned out from under you, too. Yeah, or, or <laughs> sort of virtually banned, where your playgroup's like, I don't want to play against that deck. Yeah, or like, oh, you're doing that, and everyone like groans. They look at the deck they're playing, like, maybe I'm just going to take another deck out, or like, and I'm going to sit this one first. out. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens in our playgroup. If the deck people don't like, they just all kill you first. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the great thing about our format is how diverse it is, right? Mm-hmm. You can Everyone can love it for their own reasons. You know, there's people that love the format because of the different variants, like secret partners and things like that. Right, Some or people, Arch Enemy, yeah. like playing Chase. Some people like the finance side of the game and commander or some people are game designers at wizards of the coast yeah i I find that really fascinating because they make the game so they have a whole different perspective on it and some people are like pro players people that play on the pro tour and stuff so that's that's really cool too yeah this is all sort of demonstrated by our next set of clips and well let's start with our good friend gabby sparts hey command zone i'm here to tell you about my favorite commander memory Uh, And I'm actually going to do a show and tell for it. These are the Commander 2013 decks. And this is how I first got into Commander. Um, My friends and I at the time, some of us had a lot of experience in Magic. And some of us, uh, me specifically, had never played Magic before. So Commander was a really cool way to bring both both sets of players. The players who had a lot of experience, the players who were brand new, into an experience that was really fun and casual and just like lighthearted. And funny. Um, so we even, you know, sleeved up all the decks. They're all sleeved. They were all labeled. This is the Naya deck. These are the commander sets that came with uh, the really big cards. Mm. And what we actually did back then is we combined we combined it with um, Plane Chase. And if you've never played Plane Chase, this is what the cards look like. Um, but basically, you get to uh, go from planes to planes, and each planes changes the rules for what happens in the battlefield. So really wacky things happen, like Orzova. When you place walk away from Orzova, each player returns all creature cards from his or her graveyard to the battlefield. So there's Wraths, there's things that make you exchange all your creatures with other players. There's this, which just brings back uh, cards from the graveyard. And you don't always trigger these. You don't always get the Planeswalk. You have to roll a dice to see what happens. So on top of Commander already being kind of like free-for-all and, and, and silly like that, the planes really added this extra dimension of just chaos and craziness, and it was awesome. So after we started doing this, eventually we, we built our own commander decks, and we kind of went from there. But it was I have such fun memories of this. I, I, you know, I haven't played with these commander decks in so long, but I have such fun memories of when we actually used to play like this. And I think it's one of the things that makes um, commander awesome is just bringing people together. This is senior game designer Gavin Verhey. I've made Commander 2017. I was the lead designer of it. And Commander 2018, coming out this summer, full of all kinds of wonderful surprises. Wouldn't you like to know about them? I want to tell a story about how Commander really impacted my life. My background, I'm not a Commander player. I'm a competitive player. I came off the Pro Tour. I was, you know, growing up in my design role at the time. And my manager is like, hey, we know we've got a few positions for teams coming up. What would you be interested in? You know, maybe you want to take this. You could be a really good fit for lead designing Commander 2017. And in my head, I was torn because I, like, designing a Commander set would be cool. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. But I wasn't a Commander player at all. And my boss is like, Bart Gottlieb is like, you know what? Take some time to think about it. Come back. Take the weekend. Let me know what you think. I was just kind of wandering around. And I went to this game store called The Uncommons. 
in New York City. It's a cute little game store, exactly what you would imagine a game store would be in New York. A very tiny little place, but full of games, and of course, magic players. And I walked in to see what was going on. It's kind of like a board gaming cafe. And I didn't really know anybody there, but I saw a few people who were opening up some brand new commander decks from that year in the back of the store. And I didn't know them, and they didn't know me. But I sat down, and they're like, hey, are you guys about to play Commander? And they're like, yeah. And there were, there were four of them, and there were five decks that were released at that time. And I was like, well, hey, I'll go pick up the fifth deck, and then come back, and we can all play together. So I grabbed the deck, I sat down, we sat there playing for like two and a half hours, and I had a really good time. It was really amazing, and just talking to all these people with all these perspectives, and hearing about... Um, what they thought was fun and magic and was important to their commander games and the kind of stuff they wanted to, to tweak and create, I realized at that moment, I love this kind of gameplay. I love these players. You know what? It's crazy. I'm not a commander player yet, but let's try this thing. Let's see what happens. And, you know, actually, some of these guys are still my friends. I still see them every time I go back to New York. Shout out to you guys, Sean and Juan and everyone out there. After that, I fly back to Wizards, and the next week I talk to my boss, and I'm like, hey, I'm in, let's do this thing. And basically, in the past few years, I've gone from someone who only really played Commander when I had to, spell slinging, to someone who's actively building decks, creating decks, thinking about the format, and kind of one of the main Commander champions in R&D. It's been a phenomenal experience to kind of grow up with the Command Zone as a Commander player. So thank you guys for all your hard work, and I really can't wait for you guys to see what's coming out in Commander 2018 later this year. What's so great about EDH? What makes it the best format? My genesis into EDH uh, started with money. Um, back when value trading was still a thing, I would go to these events with three, four binders full of cards, just you know, trying to make some swaps, uh, make it worth my while. And the people who were real competitive players only had about three or four cards they were looking for. Like, I only need Snapcaster, and I need Hotmaster of the Fells, and I need Liliana, and started to grade on me a little bit. Why was I lugging around all these binders and talking to these competitive players and really all they were interested is the same three or four cards? And those were the cards the dealers were paying the best on anyway, so I wasn't inclined to trade those away. Started to really bum me out. And uh, right around that time, when, you know, value trading as a thing sort of had to evolve... I evolved as a, a trader because I started hanging out with the EDH players, just sort of observing what they were about. And uh, when they would go through my binders, they would find 10, 20, 30 cards they wanted. You know, we'd have these uh, massive long trades, we'd have great conversations, and it just it turned into a real good situation rather than being sort of frustrated dealing with spiky players. And what I really liked about EDH was it was uh, a social format, so even the trading was a, a little bit more fun. You know, no one was out to get anybody. Everybody was just getting something they needed out of it. And, uh, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that basically EDH subsidizes every other format. You know, if it weren't for EDH, there would only be like 300 Magic cards worth money. Uh, EDH players, they have to play 100 cards, and, you know, they can only have one of each of those cards in the deck. So all of a sudden they're having to get real creative and find all kind of crazy stuff from Magic's history. And when you do that, you know, you're you're making some cards retain their value. So, you know, when people keep their collections, uh, all of a sudden they're not losing all their value rotation just because something's not good and standard anymore. So all of a sudden what you have is you have thousands of magic cards that get to retain some of their value and it makes booster packs worth opening. So really, 
EDH at this point is basically propping up the entire game. You know, don't tell the spiky people I said that, but it's 100% true, you know? So thank you, EDH players, for uh, for digging deep into Magic's history and finding all kind of crazy cards. <laughs> well, well, I mean, of course, Jason's going to talk about finance. finance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't surprise Surprising me. no one. <laughs> I mean, we we all love the format for our own reasons. It's fine. Yeah, this this falls exactly in line with every time he comes on the show, we talk about finance too. So true. I'm sure he would love to come on and talk about something else. Like he did originate the 75 percent theory. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, but we're always like, no, we're our our audience wants to know like what cards they should get right now for cheap before they go up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Our next story is from a group. Actually, it is a the Magic Mike's podcast with Aaron Campbell, Evan Irwin, and Ruben Bressler. So take it away. Us here at Magic Mike's for Evan and Ruben and Aaron. We were asked to share one of our favorite Commander memories. And for me, it's a little meta because the thing I remember most and and like most about Commander was back in 2011 when it was still EDH and Wizards said, hey, we're going to make this Commander. We're going to officially turn it into a format. It was a huge shift. Like not only was EDH popular, but like EDH turn into Commander, turn into an explosion. And working at Star City Games at the time, there was definitely this feel that, like, there's this island of misfit toys that you can now buy and now do things, and they're super cool, and they don't have to be super competitive, quote-unquote. And all of these cards that no one cared about, suddenly everybody cared about them. And that, to me, is a, is a beautiful thing about Commander. My favorite thing about Commander is when you discover synergies in your deck that you didn't know existed. You know, I'm not a brewer, so I admit that most of my Commander decks I found online. I'm I'm a net decker, if you will. And a lot of times you don't really understand why cards are in your deck. You know, someone's telling you to play them and they seem to have a lot of experience. They seem to get a lot of positive feedback. And so you're basically trusting somebody's judgment. And so you're taking this deck uh, and sometimes you don't always read the cards. You know, sometimes you hit that affiliate button, the cards come to you, you sleeve it up and you go to EDH night. And my first ever deck was Daxos. And I didn't realize that Daxos's creatures that he makes count as enchantments. And I had a Doomlake Giant on the board. And when the, when the light hit me i was like oh i was like i can just wipe their board and i just started making creatures mm-hmm. and i have this weird this weird thing i do on our videos where when i do broken things i can't help but laugh and so the table knew something was going on because i just started cackling and i couldn't help it um and i do that a lot and usually that comes from the light bulb going off and going i can do broken things yeah. <laughs> and that's something i don't really experience in other formats because i tend to know the deck so well that i'm playing but i don't get to play commander as much as i like to so i tend to have those aha moments and those are the the moments that make me enjoy Commander the most. I was a big EDH player back when I was in college. Uh, I had a really good play group at the Wizards Guild in Athens, Ohio. And my first uh, foray was a couple of decks. I had like a Sekuar Deathkeeper tokens deck um, where I just made a million tokens and sacrificed a bunch of stuff and then cast things like Savage Beating and attacked you for 85,000. Uh, I had a Grand Arbiter Augustine deck that was creature-based. It wasn't really a control deck like a lot of the Grand Arbiter decks these days, but it had stuff like Revelark and Blink Effects and things like that. But my favorite of those decks um, was I built an Angus McKenzie deck that was Enchantress. Oof. And it had six, like 50 enchantments in it. Jeez. It had things like Dream Tides. It had some weirdo stuff in it. And even just last week, I was looking through some old cards in a box that I had found. Uh, and I still have a foil 
replenish from way back in the day when I had that deck like kind of all foiled out and kind of pimped out and was pretty cool. And I looked at that and was like, oh, I remember those days of sitting in the Wizards Guild or sitting in my apartment playing with my friends uh, back in college. Uh, I have some great memories of EDH. And another one of my big commander memories was the party they threw, uh, the command cast through last summer at Grand Prix Vegas, where, you know, it was just the biggest command party that's ever been ever. Uh, I borrowed a deck from some fabulous folks and played some of the new uh, of the new conspiracy release. It was a ton of fun. So from all of us here at Magic Mike's, Josh and Jamie, congratulations on 200 episodes. And, well done. Yes. And we yeah. look forward to another 200 in the near future. For me personally, my favorite part about Commander is the uh, individuality that you get with each of the decks and how you get to know each person from your playgroup based off their Commander. I think it's really cool because it brings a bit of their personal personality out with the type of decks that they play. And on top of that, you get these complex interactions that you really don't get to experience in other formats all the time because you're playing with four different players and there's different combinations they can be doing. You don't know what to expect. There's also the diplomacy aspect, which is always super fun. You know, it can make or break friendships. That's just how it goes. As a cosplayer, I always have fun, you know, making and coming up with new things for my cosplays and adding my own little personal touches. And with Commander, you kind of get that same thing because you might have, like, your same Commander, but you also have, like, your own little personal touches that you get to add to these decks. And I think that's really neat and cool and makes for really great memories. Hey, Jimmy and Josh. Happy 200th episode. Congrats. Congrats. Big thumbs up. We play a lot of Commander here in the office. A lot of Commander. A lot, usually with each other and a couple of other mm -hmm. people. And here's how it goes from my perspective. I spend the whole game as the victim trying to heartlessly, uh, helplessly encourage our opponents to attack Blake, who's the real threat at the table. Then Blake usually ends up winning. Now, from my perspective, um, Trick needlessly has the entire table gang up on me every time without fail, even if I'm massacred, thanks for that. Uh, and then heroically I fight back and I vanquish all my foes and win, usually with like doubling season and Jace Architect of Thought, which is sweet. And a lot more blue cards. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, congratulations guys, uh, and we'll see you around. See you later, see you in episode 300. All right, that wraps it up for our community and friend uh, stories and segments on the show. Thank you guys for all submitting your clips. It was great to see all of them. And that, of course, leads me to say to the listeners, including other community members that may have missed the deadline or been busy or, or maybe even missed the message, I want to know what your favorite Commander stories are. I want to know why you love the format and, you know, tweet it at us. Maybe even film a video if you weren't able to. We'd love to get the message out there because there are a lot of great untold stories. Yeah, it's such a great format. And it was great to hear and see all the perspectives uh, from the different people in the community about it. So thanks, everybody, for helping out. Another big thanks to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Again, use that affiliate link when you order your magic products and singles, and you will be keeping the lights on here at the command zone and game nights, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, and we couldn't be more thankful to Card Kingdom and, of course, Ultra Pro, who have been great sponsors for us and game nights and been really supportive and, of course, release awesome products and have great customer service and just continue to up the quality on what they're doing as well so we can proudly have them as our sponsors and speak about them positively because they deserve the praise. It is also pretty cool to get uh, Eclipse sleeves for all of our decks because yes. they're awesome. Well, you took all of them. I'm actually... <laughs> well, that's not true. I, I'm missing... There's like a box right over here. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. We're going to skip the end step because we have a sort of still a big process to go through right that's here. Right. We are moving to the portion of the show where we are getting ready to announce who we've chosen among the patrons to be a, to guest. Be a guest on Game Nights. So 
we got over, like we said, over 400 submissions wow. from all around the world. How's it, Jimmy and Josh? How's it, Command Zone? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it from the East Coast? My name is Alex. I'm Henry. My name's Ruben Bressler. MTG Lissy here. My name is Larry Lee. And this is my dog, Gunther. Ah. I am from the currently frigid Minneapolis, Minnesota. Harlem. New York City. Pennsylvania. British Columbia, Canada. Tucson, Arizona. I'm from Argentina. Gothenburg, Sweden. Cologne, Germany. Brazil. Wales in the UK. From the Philippines. I live in Denmark. I'm a writer and coder. Active duty Air Force. Amateur chef. NASA scientist. Data analyst. And this is my Game Nights Audition video. So, enough witty intro banter. It's time to talk about magic. The deck that I would want to play is... The Locust God. Animar. Darian. Serac. Malgus. Meow. Alicia, who smiles at death. Gishat, Sun's Avatar. Xenagos. The Reaper King. Zer the Enchanter. Now, well, hold on. I know what you're thinking, Josh. <laughs> what are you doing? I have traveled far and won many battles. Four players and one EDH game. What's the point of lands if you can't play spells? What are you doing? I'm just watching the best podcast on YouTube right now. Okay. I want to play magic with Jimmy and Josh. I play Raza Cat because I don't play soft. I've been playing magic since I was about seven. Been playing the game since about Khan's block. For just about a year now. I'm actually pretty new to magic. Jimmy, you like to drink salt water? I bathe in it. Swing with Kozilek Butcher of Truth. Bob likes cards. He likes kind eating cards. Bob, thank you. Mm. So rich in flavor. Things such as my circle of dirtle. What is the Magic the Gathering YouTube show I always tell you to go watch? Uh, the Professor of Tolerant Community. Okay, yes, I do tell you to watch that. Tell them Daddy should come and play Magic with them. How can you say no to that face? You know, one thing that really caught me off guard is how much effort some people put into their auditions. I was expecting everyone just to point a camera at their face and talk for up to three minutes, uh, but there were some clips that were super edited. There were ones that filmed against green screen and all the music and the singing that we showed as well. So that that really caught me off guard and it blew me away, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, watching those clips, there were people that did their own little short films. They did, like, parody commercials. There was a lot of music involved. You know... I would say there was a lot of people within these 400 submissions that I, I really, truly believe should just make magic content of their own. Like, yeah. you don't need to be on game nights. You should be making your own stuff because you have really good ideas. It's really funny. Uh, we're going to show some of that stuff here because there was just so many cool moments. Yeah. All right. For those of you just tuning in, we're about to start making a meal for my favorite general of all time today, Throwmock the Insatiable. Hi, Malam Nakar here for the Biscuit Nows and Tyro Tech of Maladies for EDH. Disky Mouse and Tyro Deck is unique! Most decks with the same commander are focused on group hogs, Bill of enchantments, or even planeswalkers. So call now! To order Disky Mouse and Tyro Creature Stealing and Cloning Deck! My Gahiji deck is one of a kind with the sweetest of Naya tech you can find. With group hog, if I'm in a bind, it's a creatures to beat you down. Table politics is the name of the game as we negotiate and choose where to aim. I have a great idea for Game Night's episode. I know you guys want it to be epic. You probably want something heartfelt and amazing. Of all the gin joints, in all the towns, in all the world, she walks into mine. 
you want it to be memorable and classic. You want the episode to have twists and turns. Maria! I mean, all that stuff's so cool, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I've been making content for a long time and this stuff is really inspiring. You should use this as a springboard for yourself if content creation is something you've been interested in. I mean, and, hey, it doesn't even have to be magic. Just putting a camera, having an idea and filming it and making something out of it and sharing it with the world, like, I for sure know that I would want to watch that kind of stuff. So if any of you felt that tickle, that inkling. I know to, you did. Yeah. Please keep pursuing it. Follow through, follow through. Uh, I wanted to talk about there was a full play group of four players and they all submitted their own audition video, but they were kind of themed all around the same thing. So we want to show some clips from those. Hi there, I'm Greg Oki. I'm with the law offices of Oki and Padim. Padim and I have been partners clear back to the steampunk years. Have you ever been wrecked by a combo player? We can help protect you from this from ever happening again. Does it hurt when someone's allowed to have a Mirari's Wake for more than two turns? Hi, my name is Dr. Kylie Fortner, and I'd like to introduce you to Rubinia, your once-daily medicine for your playgroup's afflictions. We all struggle from the constant, irresponsible magic games. If you find yourself struggling, like we all do, try Rubinia. Hi, I'm Eric Ward here, introducing the best goblin shaman you've never heard of, Ben Benaki Hermit. And if you call right now, we'll throw in this octopus plushie hat for free. Now you can channel your own Kami of Trickery in style. Here's how to lock in your gameplay today. Please call the number on your screen or visit us at www.shuffleandhope.edh. And if you call now, we'll send you the photo of a disheveled magic player and his favorite commander. Help me to help you tonight me. Uh... And there was another audition tape that was really special. It was actually from an active Magic the Gathering artist. It's Victor Adame. And this, I mean, this it's one, awesome. I was, I bust out laughing. This is incredible. Hi, I'm Victor, and I will play a Atraxer. Atraxer has a keyboard soup. Atraxer, that's all the hate bears to do with your stuff. So if you think your combo will go off, you'll have it, bro. She won't let you play your cards. Are you trying to have creatures? Don't think so, buddy. No. Cause if you think you will have fun, I will cyclone grift at the end of turn. I mean, who knew Victor Adame was a metalhead? I hope his next card features that face paint. <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> or it's like Kiss, you know, something. Yeah, that... it's the Kiss-esque. Yeah, uh, that was pretty sweet. Okay, I know. You want us to announce the winner. Yes, it is time. It is time now. I want to reiterate here. It was really difficult to pick a winner. Um, we narrowed it down, but there was a lot of auditions that we thought were good enough to choose. And... This is definitely a talent pool. I mean, we have all the additions. They're mm -hmm. all sitting on our server. We can go back to them later, and I think we probably will. There are at least a few people in there that I was like, if we have a chance, I want to bring that person on. So if you auditioned and your name is not 
chosen right now because we're going to announce the winner. Um, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope because I think there's a chance for a, a few of you that you could still be picked for the show yeah. at some point. And there's, an, again, a chance that we're going to do this audition process in the future mm-hmm. um, and open it up to other people. So this is not the end. This is the beginning. That was sounded kind of cliche, but I said it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Trust oh. me, I've been in enough casting rooms, Josh. Oh, yeah. These you words sh- are very important. So don't <laughs> do not give up hope. And if you're not chosen, again, it's a great time to, you know, think about if you want to, like, hey, maybe the audition could have been better. Or, hey, I want to make more content in general. You know, this is a great chance. I don't need Jimmy and Josh. I can just make my own stuff. And based on this, a lot of you can. And you don't need us. Uh, I did want to say one more thing. Known content creators, we did get some. uh, Actually, we got quite a few auditions from people that are already known in the Magic community. Uh, we, We didn't. We couldn't choose you guys. Uh, that wouldn't look fair. So we were only choosing from a fan and somebody who's not already known for making content. Uh, the rest of the content creators that did try out, you'll have chances in the future to come on as a guest on the show, similar to other. Yeah, guests you kind of already have a leg up in a yeah. lot of ways. So we wanted to make sure that this was something definitely for a hundred percent. You know, someone that was a fan and didn't have even close to an opportunity to get on the show. That's why we wanted to provide airfare and all that stuff. Uh, but. I still very much appreciate seeing all of the content creators that submitted stuff. It was very humbling to know that these people uh, were fans of the show, wanted to be on it. And that to me was, I don't know, made me feel really happy and warm on the inside. So thank you. Okay, this is it. The next clip we're going to play is going to be from the winner, the one we've chosen to be a guest on Game Night. So hang on. If you see your face, it's you. It's you. Roll the clip. What's up, Josh and Jimmy? My name is Jacob Holloway. My uh, patron ID is GMO88. I am 29 years old, soon to be 30 from Columbus, Ohio, and this is my Game Nights audition. My personal and current favorite deck right now is a four-color whitelist partners deck, and the theme of it is anything you can do, I can do better. And it is a clones deck. So this has been my audition for game nights. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I look forward to flying out and meeting you soon. Congratulations, Jacob. Congrats, man. Very excited to have you as a guest on the show. Really liked your audition. Again, for the rest of you that weren't chosen, I do want to say that there were a number of great auditions, and mm-hmm. that is definitely a treasure trove that we're going to be going back to in the future. I could yep. I can see us digging in there and picking a few people out. Yeah. Uh, again in the future so this is a brand new road that we've embarked on and it's not the road has not ended yet there's yeah plenty this of is kind of like of a us. it's a testing process it's an experiment it went so well I, I could really see us doing it again so yeah do you know what else went so well <laughs> what else went so well i don't know the masters of modern podcast perhaps yes our sister podcast alex kessler ben bateman both of whom were already on this show they also have their own show Mm-hmm. Uh, you just called it the Masters of Modern Podcast. I was That's about to right. say the name again, but might as well say it twice. <laughs> Boy, we're discombobulated. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at the MMCast, and you can also find that content right next to ours at Collected.company. You know, the modern format's really blowing up lately because there's been a lot of shakeups with the Blood Braid Elf and Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yep. Those are two guys, Alex and Ben, and that show that you really want to listen to to sort of figure out what's going on with that format. Yeah. And the editor for our show is Terry Robertson and Craig Blanchett. I think Craig edited this episode. Terry had to throw in some help. This one was complicated. It's a complicated one, yeah. And, of course, everyone else had to compile all the clips and go through all the auditions. So this was a big one. So 
You can find all of those online and watch the clips by going to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. This may have been a little different for you to listen audio wise and you may not have known who was talking the entire time. So make sure you do check that out. The video version will have a lot of sweet nuggets for you to watch, especially those really funny and awesome auditions as well. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that start and end every show as the, well as the TV behind us. Balam Nahara also makes some of those animations and for game nights, yada, yada, yada. Hey, we should do something slightly different for the end the end song. Yeah, I was thinking since, um, and we've had this for a while and we haven't used it, this is sort of a community episode with a lot of, you know, the pieces of the puzzle mm-hmm. from community members. And, well, we're going to go out with a different rendition of our theme song. Yeah. Yeah, this is by Magic Band Sam from Ristic Studies on YouTube. Uh, well, I don't think I need to give it much more introduction. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Take it away, Sam. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.